Welcome to the PeaceWorks Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Moles. I'm a pastor and biblical counselor who helps churches and families confront the evil of domestic violence and promote healthy, God-honoring relationships. Welcome back to the PeaceWorks Podcast, everyone. On today's episode, we're going to talk about self-care for helpers. But before we jump into that topic, I want to remind you of PeaceWorks Live. PeaceWorks Live is our conference that's going to be happening in September. Uh, Bible Center Church, Charleston, West Virginia. If you've not been to Charleston, it's a lovely little town. It's the second smallest capital city in the country. Uh, We have uh, a lot of cool things happen in downtown. Of course, our Capitol building is gorgeous. It's right on the Canal River. Uh, we'd love for you guys to come visit, hang out, enjoy Charleston, but more importantly, head on up on the ridge to Bible Center Church uh, so you can be part of PeaceWorks Live. Uh, this year, Greg Wilson, Ben Marshall, and I will be walking through some must-have information uh, for church leaders, ministry leaders, pastors, and others about domestic abuse and the gospel. So we hope you'll join us. To find out more about PeaceWorks Live, you can head over to our website, chrismoles.org. All right, friends. So this episode, we're going to be talking a little bit about self-care for helpers. And in particular, uh, the question comes to us about um, self-care for folks who are helping with perpetrators. Uh, This individual is working with abusers. How can church leaders Counselors, advocates, and supporting friends and family practice wise self-care when it comes to abuse interventions so that they can have longevity and effectiveness in this work. I may have spoke too soon. This could apply to anybody. Yeah, let me back up. This could apply to anybody. I thought it was just applying to those working with the perpetrator, but uh, this could apply to anyone who's doing domestic abuse work. Now, if you're if you're new to to this particular work, or maybe you're just you like to listen to the podcast. Uh, I'm going to fill you in on something that a friend of mine said recently that I think is spot on. Uh, He works uh, with a lot of abusive individuals, very similar to the work that that I did for years. And he said it's hard to communicate or hard to help other counselors understand that working an abuse case is like working five other standard cases. And that may be an overgeneralization to a degree, uh, but I think it's important to recognize, especially if you're a biblical counselor and may, or maybe you're a pastor or a counseling pastor who over oversees a, a counseling center. If you have an individual on your staff that is meeting with an abusive person, uh, I would happen to agree with my friend. I think the, the time and energy and effort being put into that case should at least be five X as you're thinking about the amount of time and effort and stress that's being placed on your counselors. Domestic abuse cases take a lot of time. Uh, so do sexual abuse cases. They take a lot of time, a lot of energy. Um, there's a lot of pre-work and a lot of post-work in between the counseling sessions uh, that make them incredibly difficult to operate on. Uh, and I used to say that quite a bit. I, you know, I would rather, you know, work a lot of different cases. And I would love to work with somebody who actually wanted my help (laughs) as opposed to a lot of the cases that I found myself working. And so they are very, very difficult. And so I think this questioner understands having worked in the, 
in the, the field here that you can get lost in abuse cases. That you can lose part of yourself. You can be overwhelmed by the stress. Uh, some people would use the term secondary trauma. I used to I used to kind of, you know, flinch at that, you know, what, what is that? Um, but I, but I can say for whatever term you want to use there, there is significant stress that's experienced by individuals who are listening to reading about and interacting with significant forms of harm and destruction. Um, I, I recall one evening I was reading a police narrative. It was um, a report on an abuse case, and I was doing some paperwork. And this particular report was graphic, and it was written by an officer who used um, who used narrative form. So it wasn't bullet pointed; it was descriptive, and it was a very well written police report, which you don't always get. And this was back in the day when everyone had theirs handwritten. Like this was. Um, you know, the copy of the handwritten report. And the the graphic nature of the assault, I, I remember just kind of getting through it because I wanted to go home and moving it over to the completed pile and then recognizing that I had not done the work I needed to do. Like, it was as if the Holy Spirit was just reminding me, you know, you didn't set with that person Um that was just a case to you. And so I went back and I read through it again, uh, this time engaging it properly. And it brought me to tears. Um, I bring that up not to elicit pity, but to say that's, that's the nature of the work. When you dive into the work and you set in, in the destruction with people, um, you'll never, never fully experience the suffering that they are experiencing. But you do carry some of that weight. And if you do that five times, eight times, 10 times, 20 times a week, it can take its toll on you. And so I think the questioner understands well that we need to put some some limits, some boundaries, some modalities into our arsenal, some tools in our tool belt to kind of help us process that information and be wise with that information. Um, I'm not always the best one to ask about that. People who know me know, know me well know that I'm not always the best at self-care, especially in this work. Um, I tend to, especially in the past, go you know 90 miles an hour, um, dive in, and um, I think I've suffered a little bit for it, to be quite honest. And so I, I appreciate the questioner coming in and reminding us that we all need some aspects of self-care. So some of the things that I think have helped me over the years is, number one, it is okay to limit your caseload. You can't assist everyone, and you're certainly not going to assist everyone well. So... You can do that in a variety of ways. Um, one, you can just simply say no. Uh, now, what that will do is if if you do your work well, what that'll do is it'll 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 create kind of a bottleneck or um, a longer line of individuals. And we saw some of that at PeaceWorks. Um, 
and have tried to manage that by developing the courses and so on. But you can tell folks no. Um, you can refer. You can find like-minded people in your area that you can refer to so that you're not overwhelmed by cases. Uh, you can price yourself out of the market a bit, and I know some people have an aversion to that because it it is limiting, but you can raise and increase your prices to lower um, your caseload. Um, but that does limit the types of people that you can meet with. Uh, you can subsidize one with the other. If you do charge for counseling, uh, you can create a sliding scale so that um, you can only take so many clients, but it doesn't affect you financially. Um, you can form groups and explore group work. For me, that's one of the more life-giving aspects of the work. I mean, if you can take the the pain and the destruction and the, the trauma of individual work and you can effectively, without, you know, colluding or breaking confidentiality with the victim, you can bring it into a group dynamic where you're working with a group of perpetrators. It can spread some of that weight out, and I think it can uh, can be tremendously helpful as far as freeing you up for some time uh, to to manage and care for yourself as far as the the difficulty of the work. Forming a team, if you're operating in a silo, in isolation, forming a team around you can be a tremendous benefit. And I'll give you this on a few levels. If, if you can request cases that you work, have a team-based approach, there are some complexities and difficulties to it. But at the same time, there's a lot of reward to it. So if you can um, form teams around the work that you do, in particular if you're working with a perpetrator, it can be a huge blessing. Secondly, if you can form a team around yourself, maybe like-minded individuals who are doing similar work and you guys just regularly get together to do a check-in, this isn't, uh, you know, per practitioner to client or counselor to counselee or person. This is person to person. This is, you know, hey, I know you do this work well. Can we just do a check-in? Um and it can be as simple as once a month getting together and saying, is everybody okay? Um, is there anything we can do to help? Um, those type of teams can also be helpful. Uh, you can find support uh, in resources, believe it or not. I mean, I have. I think reading is a huge blessing. Getting the chance to hang out with people through what they've written um, is, a, is a blessing. I think also... You know, sharing in community-based resources like PeaceWorks University. I know it's going to sound like a plug, and it is. Um, but you know, PeaceWorks University has an online community that's fairly robust and helpful. And you know, if if you have a question, they're pretty quick to respond and to be part of of your life. Not only that, there's resources there that could be helpful, such as our masterclass on self-care with Eliza Huey and, and Esther Smith. Um, our advocate masterclass with Evelyn Cologne on helper versus rescuer, I think is also a very helpful masterclass as you think about what's my role in all of this. And certainly we could go down the list of things like healthy boundaries and quality family time and exercise. Um, but really you've got to find your own rhythm 
And I think part of that rhythm um, is going to come through failure, to be honest with you. And I'm not saying failure at the work that you do, but failure at self-care. I think if you're anything like me, you're going to find your limits once you've crossed them. Uh, and then you're going to know. For some of us, um, you know, one one abuse case is too many. There are just some folks that God has gifted in different ways, and you're just, this is not your work. It's okay. Um, pray for those who do this work, and you do your your work well because we may, may not be suited for it. So maybe this isn't a counseling avenue that you need to go down. Maybe you can, um, but you only have the capacity for one at a time. You know, it's, it is difficult to manage these stories um, and the heartache and the pain and the prayers. It is difficult to manage. So maybe, maybe you need to limit yourself to one or to three. Maybe it's time to take your expertise and your skill to another level. Uh, maybe you've been doing this a long time, and maybe it's time to coach others to step away from uh, direct services and into a little bit more of training and coaching. There are ways in which you can professionally uh, take care of yourself while staying in the work. And I think that's the greatest um, need that we have is to avoid burnout in order to maintain uh, good quality people in this work. And so, yeah, absolutely. How can church leaders, counselors, advocates, supporting friends and family practice-wise self-care? Recognize your limits. Recognize the toll that these type of cases take on you. Recognize the needs that you have. Recognize the skills that you have and apply them well. I I don't want anyone uh, to burn out in this work. Uh, But at the same time, I don't want anyone to be completely comfortable in this work because I know that um, we don't, we shouldn't be comfortable for all of us that do this on a regular basis that have been part of this work for a long time. We regularly talk about no longer wanting to do our jobs, not because we dislike the people or, or the process. It's because we want to see abuse ended. And I think that's where you're at as well, but understand that you're not going to end abuse alone, that you and I are not any type of superhero or savior. Jesus is Jesus alone is the Savior. He alone is sufficient. And um, he alone is the uh, the one who can, can meet all the needs of the people that come to us. And so my prayer, my hope is that uh, we will co-labor with him uh, patiently and kindly and understand that we too need a little bit of help. I guess with that being said, if if you've come to a place where where you're kind of at that burnt toast phase, and all of us have been there. It's like, I, I cannot take any more cases, stories. It's okay to step away for a season and to redefine some of your limits. It's okay to reach out for help. It's okay to join a community. And if you want to learn more about some of the community options that we have at PeaceWorks, I would invite you to do that. Go over to chrismoles.org, um, fish around on the website a little bit. Uh, if you want to consider joining PeaceWorks University, we would love to have you. Um, but also consider if you need to sit down and talk with somebody to reach out to a counselor friend, maybe just a peer, somebody that you appreciate from your local church, and just take the time to share with them, not necessarily the details of everyone else's story, but the details of your story, how this work is taking a toll on you, both positively and negatively. I can tell you just recently, 
I was at a conference with a lot of my friends teaching on this topic of abuse in the church, and all of us have suffered to some degree or another by proximity, but all of us would engage in the work all over again because of the tremendous benefits and blessings that we've seen in helping people uh, caught in the, the trap of abuse. I appreciate the question. I appreciate you guys listening. I hope that you've benefited from this conversation. Uh, if you want to learn more about PeaceWorks University, you can find that out at chrismoles.org. If you want to experience our community live and in person, check out PeaceWorks Live coming up this September. You can find out more about that at chrismoles.org as well. We so appreciate everyone who tunes into the PeaceWorks podcast. Until next time, God bless.